The scripture lesson for this morning is from the letter of Paul to the church at Ephesus. And we begin with verse 15 through 22. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks to you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at, the, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, this magnificent morning is the time that you have given to us for the enrichment and the blessing of holy worship. And this day is so spectacular because it's the day we have come together more than any other to celebrate what you have done in Jesus Christ. I pray that our time together in your word will be a time of in-depth understanding of your intent and where we stand in relationship to you and how much you desire for us to know you and to become like you. Lord, open our ears that our minds may know and our hearts may feel the wonder of your gracious love. In the name of your Savior, Son, we pray. Amen. Capturing and holding on to grand occasions, wanting the really special days of our lives to go on and on and on, to, to never come to an end is likely something everyone in this sanctuary has experienced and wished for at some time in 
your life. It's impossible to calculate how many times we have been with our dear ones and have wished for no end in sight to that which brought us together. But the clock keeps turning, doesn't it? And the pages of our calendars keep flipping over. And time moves on and and we have to return to, to the daily and to the routine. And we rely on memories from high times, hoping they will power us through the daily grind. Get us to another big happening in the not too distant future. We live for the big events. We live for happy times. We live to get away from and out of the dull routine of daily life. Unfortunately, humanity's hunger for happiness is not being satisfied. We see it all around us, and maybe you are experiencing a lack of satisfaction in your life this morning. Maybe there aren't enough big events for you to sustain you, to make you feel good, to give you that up feeling day after day that some of you certainly long for. We insist, therefore, on what we want and what we want to be and what we want to possess in the hope that maybe what we become and what we can surround ourselves with will give us some measure of the happiness that we seek and want. What we are seeing in our society is not new. Not new at all. It's as old as mankind. The Bible has written Uh, has uh, recorded uh, about that. It's written in the scriptures in Psalm 81, verses 11 to 13. Take a look at this and see how contemporary the ancient word sounds at this point. But my people do not listen to my voice. And Israel did not obey me. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their heart to walk in their own devices. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. The beat of the morning music, the grand sweep of the words that you voiced in song should have caused you to feel some excitement, to feel a sense of anticipation and expectation that there is something especially wonderful about this Christian life. And it's not just for this morning when we're trying to have a celebration that we call Easter, but it's for every day. There should have been words and phrases in those songs that as you stood there, you had a wide-eyed wonder about desiring them, wanting them to be part of, of, or become part of who you are. I stood in the rear and watched you 
and listen to you sing. And there were several times as I heard this great music, I choked up. I hope you did too. I hope you felt deeply, deeply, way down where the real, real you lives. The power and the sweep of the music that you heard and and gave yourself to singing this morning. All of this, all that we're doing and all that we do every day in Yorkshire Church is to help people live in the majesty and the stature of Jesus Christ and relate relate to the living Lord whose name is above every name, whose throne stands from eternity past in eternity present and for eternity future. Listen again to the text verses 19 to 20. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? That's a great question. How would you answer that this morning? What is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. God wants resurrection power to be in you. Think that to yourself. Say it out loud if you want to. God wants resurrection power to be in me. Let's say it together. God wants resurrection power to be in me. And you know why? You know why? Because there is no future in the past. There is no future in the past. No failure is fatal. No failure is fatal. Do not speak to yourself with the language of impossibility. There is nothing you have done that God will not forgive and make possible for you, listen to this, and make possible for you to forgive yourself. Some of you are undoubtedly struggling with forgiveness from God for what you have done because you have not yet forgiven yourself. All of us have that history. God wants you to be free from the encumbrances, from the burdens of the faults and the failures and the flaws in your life. 
Listen to this great word of the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth, chapter 5, verse 21. God's purpose in Christ for what you are to become. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Imagine that. A guy like me becoming the righteousness of God. Can you think of yourself that way? In Christ, you can. In Christ this morning, you can. You see, it's God's desire that you be that because you were born to be whole, not broken. You were born to be content, not dissatisfied. The worst you can treat yourself is to think Easter is about living in a better place after you die. Let me say that to you again. The worst you can treat yourself is to think that Easter is about living in a better place after you die. When you live now, now, today, in God's power, I'm telling you, you are not going to a better place when you die. I don't know where that idea or that phrase came from, but it's not biblical. You are not going to a better place. You are going to a perfect place. To say something is just better suggests that there's something maybe even better than that. Not so. Heaven is perfect. The Bible says that when, when the glories and the, and the honors of heaven come, former things pass away, everything becomes new. Jesus was raised, went back to heaven, and he is there. Jesus is perfect. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, and he rules and he reigns, not where it's better, but where it's perfect. And that's where you want to go. That's where you want to be. Listen to this. Easter is for life today. Easter is for life today. Hoping to live after you die, but not knowing how to live now is not how God wants you to live. Look at the text again. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? 
These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. It is so vitally important that you know and do the will of God. That you know and do the will of God as it was taught by Jesus. Get it in your mind. Get it in your heart so that you will not sin. Understand and know what God's will is and commit yourself to it. The psalmist centuries ago put it this way. It's in Psalm 119. Your word, O God, I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You can experience, we're all after that bigger experience, that thing that will, will last, that will sustain us and, and carry us across our tomorrows, where you can experience the name of Jesus and all that it means. You can experience the name of Jesus above every other name when the resurrection power of God fills you just like it does Jesus Christ. When you will open your mind to God and rely on him, his plan will become your idea. When you open your mind to God and rely on him, his plan will become your ideas and you will find contentment and satisfaction. And you know what else will happen? You will like yourself. You will like yourself and you will be able to tolerate circumstances and situations and people that drive you crazy right now. Because there will be a control in your life, a management of your style, an administration of your mind that you've never had before. Now hear me clearly. Heaven will be perfect for you when you die. Heaven will be perfect for you when you die. But as I look across this congregation, none of you have done that yet. You're here. And God wants you to look forward to all the days he gives you. And those days, he wants to be grand occasions and big events that keep giving and sustaining and, and, and encouraging you. Listen, there is no name higher than the name of Jesus. That name is even employed in derogatory 
and swearing ways when people know nothing else to say in a situation or circumstance, we hear, oh, Jesus. There is no name higher. But for us, that name is precious. It's dear. It's the name above every other name. Therefore, it's the name to which we bow down. There is no throne greater than the throne of God. There's no power stronger than his. All God did through Jesus, he did for you. All God did through Jesus, he did for you and your salvation. Salvation gives you self-worth. Grand days that sustain you without diminishing in significance or empowerment. Easter, Easter's every day. Easter is every day that you have the name of Jesus Christ higher than any other name in your life and the word of God as your final authority. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you. Thank you for your Savior Son and all that life in Jesus means for our living now. May we be empowered with resurrection power. May our lives light up with the joy and the wonder and the excitement that we have coursing through our veins life that shall endless be when we are alive in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray this morning that each person here this morning knows Jesus personally. And if they don't, that in these next moments of, of singing and, and the close of this worship, they invite your son to become their Lord and give them direction. And that they will tell you, oh God, that it is from Jesus they will receive the cues and the directions for their lives. Lead, guide, and direct each person in this holy place to that great place of decision. Some for the first time this morning, others in renewal and refreshment of renewed commitment. But God, speak to us that this day and its gladness its brightness, its beauty, and its joy will not end, but will go on and on and on forever. 
Hallelujah. Amen and amen.